Oh my God, we're connected. Wow. <laughs> it's a miracle. What? Three three people, three generation <laughs> ex actually did something technical and made it happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad this is working. Sounds good. Oh, <laughs> uh, DJ AL. I'm so excited. For having you. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I've been, I've been listening to your guys's uh um work and I think it's really cool and important what you're doing. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. We were we were um yesterday when we were trying to get you on, we were talking so much about all the stuff that you've done and basically your whole entire resume and who you've worked with and all the I I don't know how you do it. I mean, that's it's nonstop. Non stop. Here, try it again. You're breaking up. Wait, I'm I can hear you guys now. Okay. Can you hear Aaron? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. ALU still on. Did we lose him? I think we did. Oh shoot! I wonder if he can get back on. He just got off. Yeah, he he was doing the request part. I think that's. I think that's what I told him to do. Yeah, he broke up. I couldn't hear him for a second. I know. Wow, digital! Everyone in the world, this is fun, especially. Is he yeah. gonna come back on? Yeah, I'll have to try it again. Jeez. Oh, okay. I'll try it again. Okay. okay. Oh wait, here we go. Um, You're back so, on. All right, so I'm gonna take a guess and say that maybe my phone service is what's the what the problem is, possibly. <laughs> well, sometimes it's my phone service, so I don't know if it was yours or mine. It could be mine too. Okay, well I'm standing next to a window. Um uh He's not here. At this like sweet spot in my house. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> so you're are you in Denver as we speak? Yes, I'm in Denver. Um. Yeah, I'm like uh, I'm like basically southeast Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we were uh, thinking last night that you were forming in Portland. But oh. that was that was a mistake because I was reading about the 90s dance party the snap right and mm -hmm. i just re i read the very beginning part and then whatever i was just grazing and it said portland oregon i was like oh he's in portland oregon but that's just where it started right are you right. have you ever performed in portland yeah i've done a, a couple um small mini tours in the northwest um okay and yeah so i'm kind of uh i'm a i'm a promoter for the snap 90s dance party in denver and it, it did originate in portland okay and, and so i've made it back out there to, to um play the original party and stuff like that i've also we're also in seattle i've played that party and um a, a couple years ago i went on a nice run of about like uh two weeks just kind of playing throughout portland and seattle and the bay area and stuff like that and that's probably the longest like mini tour that i've ever put together but it, it, i definitely have a lot more respect for people that are are on the road full time because it took a lot of energy from me oh my yeah definitely and then and snap has become one of the most popular dance parties in colorado yeah i would definitely say so i mean you don't really see it a lot. Like in the magazines, we don't get a lot of nods, but um, I mean, the party has sold out every month for over two years. Um, and why don't they post? They don't ever say anything about it. Um, Like, I think that there's a lot of politics with just kind of like, you know, press and the way magazines are, are kind of rolled out. So it's, it's really, um, it's really, or, or in a lot of ways, they don't really know what's going on either because I think a lot of writers and, and editors at some of these like kind of music mags or music zines, they don't ever go out. So, uh, they, okay. you know, so it's just kind of word of mouth. And my friend told me that this party is really good. And, and so they, they kind of have their own way to 
Um, you know, in short, I, I don't want to like start off on a very negative thing, but I think that uh, there's a there's a method that a lot of like blogs, um, Colorado blogs and, and magazines do where they basically will um, give somebody an award or nominate somebody for an award so they can drive traffic to their website or their magazine. Right. So gotcha. Um, we're not really too concerned about like getting nominated as like the best dance party, but we kind of know that, um, you know, I, I don't see <laughs> you're like, you got to know. Yeah. I mean, we get the spoils. You're done spoils. for the night, yeah, for we... the night and you're like, I killed it. That's hands down. Right. I mean, and we, I mean, it just goes to show that like, we just got out of meetings a couple nights ago with some, you know, some other venues that are basically like, you know, I guess could be seen as being, uh, you know, kind of wanting to, you know, take our crowd to their venue. So I would just say without mm -hmm. like naming names, all the biggest venues in Denver have, you know, come to the table to negotiate with us and, uh, we're still throwing the party at Ophelia's, which is a really, uh, it's a really intimate venue, but it's a really nice venue. And we really feel like we're at home there. It, it, it's uh, about 350, 400 people capacity a night. Yeah. Um, Would you spot. want to expand it? Would you want to have more of a crowd than that? Um, I I think, yeah, I mean, we would love to, you know, expand, but I don't, I think everything's got to be right. And I think that, um, it's just, everything is going so good that, um, we don't want to, um, we're expanding by taking our party and our brand and our DJs into other venues as well. So right now we're also, um, playing, um, at a sports bar in Denver that's called Stoney's. And we're also playing at a gay bar in Denver that's called, uh, the triangle. So we're like, Doing okay. we're doing like 90s house on that night and then we're doing like more uh you know we're just diversifying our portfolio yeah uh, i love that yeah so it, it's pretty good so that's just kind of one of the things that i'm really um promoting that you know definitely takes up a lot of time yeah and then you and then doing jams on the side right say that again doing jams on the side yeah, you know, I mean, and when, then there's also that element of, of doing B-Boy mm -hmm. jams, um, which I love. And, um, you know, I I guess I don't know if Colorado's had that many jams in the last, like, couple years. Like, um, I think it might have slowed down. But a few years ago, it was just really like a jam every weekend, you know. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I really kind of cut my teeth over the last, like, you know, five five plus years at, uh, of doing like a b-boy jam at least once a month for you know five years basically right so b-boy <laughs> tracks wise b-boy tracks wise top three tracks what are your favorite there you go um i'm with it that's really hard to say like um you know i do a lot of my own production so i like doing a lot of remixing and stuff um but you know a lot of people don't want to hear the classics but you know i'm i'm a I'm, I'm, you know, I think the classics are what built, you know, the, the, um, the whole culture and stuff like that. So, um, probably some stuff from the classics, but I got to Let me give it some thought and let me circle back around. Okay. That's, that's I a, definitely that's know my, my favorite, yeah. my number one is joyous. Joyous. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love the entire track and I just get so excited whenever I hear it. It's just one of those that it's like, as soon as I hear it, I'm like, Oh, you know, and I just want to just get down it's it's insane it just right. lights me up i love 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 joyous and the first time i heard the entire the entire um track of that was um do you know who forrest is forrest gump yeah definitely Rob we've we've never met but you know his reputation <laughs> is uh definitely precedes himself you know yeah 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 well he's i mean he used to spin at jams all the time in New York when I lived in Philly and he I would go over to his house and he just I mean he had so many crazy records like now he owns a record wow. store in Ohio he owns a record store so crazy wow yeah so he played that entire track and I was like oh my god like losing my mind losing my mind I have a I have an artist or a group that I'd like to mention because, um, you know, we all we are we're also talking about, you know, when we talk about B-Boy Breaks, we're talking about artists that are, you know, um, that made these songs like, you know, 40 years ago. Um, 
but I do want to shout out and and uh, he does make some of my favorite breaks in his band. But uh, the band called Fusic, and they're uh, they're based out of Florida. And if you listen to like a lot of the last couple mixtapes that I've done, there's at least like two of his joints. His name oh, is nice. Felix. Uh, Felix is kind of the band leader, but they're uh, they're kind of like a progressive psych rock funk group, and they're b boys as well. Um, so it's like they know, you know, they know what the flavor is, and it's, right. it's just a really organic thing. They they record a reel to reel. Um, they press up their their tracks to forty fives, you know. So it's uh, you know, there's okay. vinyl involved in the process. So definitely want to shout that them out because I could probably go on and on about like, <laughs> uh, you know, artists that are you know, bands that don't even exist anymore, right? And and we really appreciate that stuff, but it's yeah. like. You know, there's only a few bands that are really keeping the tradition alive, you know, and if you if you think about it, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, on that yeah. tip, I mean, it's not a band, but are, you're obviously familiar with B-Boy Wicket. Uh, yeah. He lives in Austin, and he's a now more of a music producer. Have you guys ever connected? Because you guys seem very much on the same page. I don't think so. I know the name and I know, you know, I know his fame and everything like that, but I don't think we might've met maybe one time or something, yeah. like that, but I don't think we've ever connected. So, yeah. You well, know. you guys are just yeah. hardworking people, you know, and it's just your, your, your resume is so impressive. You've gotten to work with such legends, artists, you know, producers and you're producing and it's just really, it, it seems like your career is like a dream come true for you. Uh, yeah, it, in a lot of ways it is. It's uh, it's crazy how everything's really come full circle. Um, just being able to like do what I do for a living. And I think um, there, you know, there's other people that DJ for a living and I'm not trying to knock anybody, but there really wasn't an example of like, hey, you can do this. You can go and play B-boy breaks or you can go and play 90s music or you can go and make beats and you can make a living from it. You know, there was other examples of like, you know, you could be a club DJ or you can be a wedding DJ and make, and make good money. But um, when I really kind of saw it, saw it after like, you know, uh, you know, starting my legacy and, and just really going after it. Uh, there were, really wasn't that many examples of, and there still isn't, you know, I guess on the level that I'm at of people that are are, are um, kind of blue collar DJs, you know, that are still able to do what they love, you know, so. Yeah. Right, doing the grind. Huge, yeah. huge props for that. I Thank you. I hope that you always and forever continue doing this because you are one of the rare, rare ones that seem to really have it together, which brings me to your website is incredible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, who put it together? But it is. I, I have to check it out. I've never seen it. I didn't. Even... Okay. Um, shout out to um, Tristan, and uh, I can probably we could probably leave like a link or something, and I can give give everybody her uh, contact information. But she does an incredible job on it. Oh, um, yeah. She's a okay. she's so a Colorado great. creative. So you you know if you're you bouncing around at parties throughout Denver, you'll see her. Um, and okay. she, yeah, she's just really good, um, really good person. And, and, uh, you know, getting a website built, it could be kind of challenging, you know, finding the right person. And the last person that was supposed to work on my website, like quit on me and, and said I was difficult. So <laughs> well, when it's your website, you get to be however you want to be, it, you know, it's, yeah. Your website, so, yeah. but yeah. she did, I have to give her huge props because I was so I was really really impressed by that. I haven't seen a really well done website from head to toe. I mean, it's it looks great. the The picture of you know just your hands was really nice and just it laid out really well and was so easy to navigate and see where you are and what parties and everything's up to date. So it's, I mean, that's impressive. That's really good feedback to hear. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I and also like I think a big part of um, people taking you serious is you taking yourself serious, you know. So I totally um, agree. There's there's a lot of people that are very talented, but it's like they don't. It's like do they not believe in themselves? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a that's a big part of it. And um, and I'm I'm not willing to like, you know. 
I always see the investment in like hiring professionals to like whether it's photography to take for you know photos or videos or a website or anything right. like that. You know, right? Okay. I think that's a really important thing, uh, important topic that you you bring up, and I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Too long, but you know, in the b boy. I don't know. I guess I'll just say hip hop umbrella community. There is mm-hmm. and can be a real lack of this business side to it. It's like, you know, all the creative and the dance and all that stuff comes together and is fantastic. But then when it comes to this other side, there is a real disconnect. And I think a lot of it does, just like you said, ha- you know, comes down to whether or not they believe that or, you know, that they can make a living off of this and that in order to, you do have to play onto this business side. You have to put right. almost as much as you put into your practice as you put into this other side. Right. Um, you know, and some people don't want to do that, and that's totally fine. Um, Barmac, he is, he actually works for Adidas right now. He's a clothing designer, and he, he b-boys on the side just for fun. And right. he's, you know, so it's like, it doesn't have to be, but if it, but if it, if you want it to be, you have to, you know, look into that side and there's a maturity right. that has to go along with that. Th- yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I think, you know, just want to say like out of all the elements of hip hop, uh, you know, breaking is the probably the most exploited, right? Like it's been, it's yeah. been the, the element that's been taken advantage of the most. Um, right. You know, people, you know, you'll see Justin Timberlake in a halftime, you know, uh, halftime <laughs> show and, who knows how much you make for something like that, but you know there might be a dancer in the mix within that halftime show that's maybe getting paid fifty dollars and a t-shirt or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I understand that like b-boys True. can be really apprehensive when it comes to like talking about business and stuff like that. But um, I think if you you know you can you can kind of like carve your own you know carve your own lane and stuff like this and you can make it into a business and if you do what you love i mean wouldn't you want to you know free yourself up so you have more time to do that you know yeah yeah if you're working for somebody else it's you know it's just gonna be something that gets pushed to the side ultimately yeah and i i totally agree and i think one of the ways that we can all help each other learn that side is that you know we have to at the at the studios and at these workshops and boy events have some time or panels that you know people can talk about how to get those kinds of skills because and maybe they do still have them but and not very many b-boys show up but whoever does show up is probably more serious about you know taking it to that next level right but i don't want to harp on that for too long i just thought that was a good point that you brought up and um you know, very, you can just tell from that this is your career, you take it very seriously, and that, you know, this is your life. Yeah. Which is very impressive. Yeah, definitely. You make yeah. it happen, bro. <laughs> I make it happen. Well, so, yeah, I was actually going to ask you about the, the 50 yeah. beats in 50 days, like that experience. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I need yeah. to hear from you because I've seen the videos, I listen to the beats, but. Um, what was the inspiration behind that? And did you yeah. iterate? Right on. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I started this project a couple months ago. It's called 50 Beats in 50 Days. And it was basically like every day I was going to get up and make a, a beat. And it didn't matter how I was feeling, if I was tired or whatever. I was just going to force myself to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it was a pretty qua- uh, pretty crazy, um, like, goal to set for me. Um, because, you know, a beat a day is like, you know, it's just not really, you know, I'll usually be inspired by life and then maybe, you know, every 10 days, maybe I'll make a beat or something like that. (laughs) Right. Um, so you're really, you know, the real question is like, where am I going to find the inspiration right away? Right. Um, Uh and so for me, um, it was an exercise because I felt like I was like getting rusty at making beats. I had, I've been making beats since, uh, 1999 Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I felt like, and this is like, now that I look back at it, I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous that you felt like (laughs) this kind of like you were getting rusty at it. it." (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, so I just basically wanted to knock the rust off. And then I also um, wanted to get better, you know, just and progress yeah. and, and be, you know, be one with my craft every day, you know, and, and dedicate that time to, to my yeah. craft. And, and, you know, going back to the business side of things, like people think that like, if you're a professional DJ, that you're, um, you know, you're making beats and DJing every day, but a lot of times you're answering emails and doing all this stuff. So I wanted to really get away from the clerical aspects of, of being a professional and and do more like just be one with my craft. So I basically, you know, set out to make 50 beats a day or 50 beats uh, uh, in 50 days. Yeah. 50 beats in a day would be crazy. But Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like that's like Prince level. Yeah. Writing a song today, yeah. Yeah, and so on top of that, I, I added an extra challenge to it, and I decided that I wasn't going to be using very many samples. Um, okay. So I'm a sample-based producer, and that's kind of where my heart is at, you know, is in boom okay. bap, tra traditional hip-hop. So in order to add that element, it's like, you know, I had to get even more creative. And, and um, you know, I have instruments around the house and stuff like that. I have probably you know, 10 keyboards or, you know, a dozen keyboards, a dozen drum machines, but um, mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what chord I'm playing in. So I'm, I'm just really, everything's really um, innate for me to kind of move around uh, the keyboards and stuff like that. So that was the extra challenge as well as I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to make my instrumentals basically like, you know, have instruments, you know, dictate my instrumentals. So wow. On top of that, there was an extra challenge, and I kind of, I also kind of, in the back of my head, knew that it would be really nice to build up a catalog of sample-free music, basically, and yeah. to give it to give it to people that are doing podcasts or rapping or or anything like that, right? Yeah, we definitely and, need beats. <laughs> we could use some beats. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I definitely got you. And that's, that's what I really want to do. And I think that you know my philosophy is like really been about giving and just like giving you know of yourself and your product unconditionally to people. And um, and that's what I want this to do. So I'm not. I, ha I, I basically compiled all 50 beats down to um about 24 of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. And okay. I'll be releasing that as kind of like a compilation. You guys will see it in your inbox very soon. Oh my god, I can't um, wait! Excited. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm just basically gonna give all that stuff away as free use. Um, and yeah, so that was that's probably like the third part of why I did that. So that's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm still rocking it. your old stuff too. I nice. love. I think that's so. so great that you gave yourself that challenge. So after the 50 days, how did you feel? Um, well, I, I felt like, um, I felt pretty accomplished. I feel like it, it went by really, really quickly. Actually, I, there was never really a moment where I was just like, you know, um, really upset with myself for, for giving myself such a high standard, you know? Um, so that was rare. I thought that I would have like a meltdown somewhere in between and be like, I'm not making a beat today and, and like throw my keyboard out a window or something like that. But, um, everything flowed really well. And I learned uh, one of the really good things that I took from it was I learned a lot more keyboard progressions and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I kind of learned some, some new chords and, and uh, you know, that was really good for me. Um, so that's so uh, great. Yeah. That is awesome. That is so great. Well, well, one of the things KO and I, we were talking about you and I was looking at your website and I was wondering, cause I was looking at that picture of you teaching and I was like I wonder I mean did you get manicures often because your 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 manicure was really nice like I have to say oh, man. that I feel like well, yeah. DJs have to get manicures I mean everybody's looking at your hands you know because your hangnails messes up your scratching there was oh. no there was no hangnails oh man so, yeah no I, I don't know about that um <laughs> I'm like, this is the part of the podcast where they troll you. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no manicures. No, really, you're. Yeah, no you're manicures. He's, he's just a hand model. You guys, but I, I am pretty aware that, like, um, you know, I've had a few different photographers that I've worked with over the the past, and and uh, 
you know, um, you know, I definitely want to be the best me, right? So um, definitely probably clip my nails before a photo <laughs> shoot, you know? I think it's actually cool if you started going to get manicures and, like, you know, that was your thing, you know, that you were, like, the DJ whose hands were made of gold, you know, and then your yeah. manicurist just gets blown up because, you know. Then you get a gig oh, as a hand model or something. In a- yeah, I, I mean, I think you guys are really on to something because I think somewhere <laughs> subconsciously, like, it is in my head that, like, if I do something really cool on the turntables, people are probably going to look at my hands, right? Oh, and for so- sure. There is probably a level of like self-consciousness that I'm that I'm not really tapping into, but um, I yeah, no, I think I think you guys are onto something. Too, and the gay men for sure will be looking at you know to make sure their the nails are clean. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's definitely. But anyways, I had to compliment you on that because I thought that was just very impressive. I was like, wow, I think DJs probably have to pay yeah, see, more attention. I don't, to I don't know if I've ever looked at your hands, so you know okay. I just like listen to your skills. Yeah, that's what's up. Well, I appreciate that's it. What's hip, that's hip-hop. That's right? hip-hop, yo. It's hip-hop right there. Manicured nails. <laughs> well, so so um, I'd love to hear some of your upcoming things that you have coming up and also whatever yeah. shout-out you have. Um, sure. We're so We're just so, so thrilled to have you on our podcast, and we hope that, you know, we just want to continue your legacy and keep spreading the word and support each other. And Sure. Mm-hmm. Give you the floor. Sweet. Well, um, let me try not to forget anything. I think that, you know, not to like, you know, give myself a pat on the back too hard, but it's like there's a lot of stuff that's going on and a lot of moving parts. So a lot of times I might do something like this and then get off the phone and I'm like, oh, I forgot to talk about something that I've been working on really hard. But um, yeah. So, you know, I obviously DJ and the snap nineties dance party is a big party for me. And, and uh, you know, my crew, we, you know, we're definitely doing big things. Like I said, we're uh, DJing a few different bars a month. Um, and then, you know, I have a few different residencies as well. I'm also at Fort green with uh, the B-Boy factory. We're throwing a, we're co-facilitating a party over there um, once a month. And so that's really yeah, that's cool. It's a really dope uh, venue, but the floor is really like bouncy. So um, <laughs> it's, that's it could that be... spot that we uh, that I saw you last, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. a really cool like hidden gem of Denver, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really cool. I've just been like rolling with like airbags for my turntables because uh, the needle's been skipping pretty hard over there. Um, but that's not going to slow me down from, from playing, um, vinyl, you know? So that's another big part of what uh-huh. I do. I like to spin out vinyl at least a couple times a month. Um, just kind of, you know, bring it back to the foundation of where it all started. Yeah. Um, right. Also, I'm a big proponent of, of Serato as well, you know, just kind of being, having a foot in both worlds, which is kind of why my, my company is called Future Classic. Um, I think they're both really important, you know, to to mm-hmm. embrace. And so I also do remixing, a lot of remixing. And um, I have a new project that's uh, basically on out right now. It's called 30 for 30. And it's basically a playoff the ESPN mini documentary series. Right. Right. Oh, I love yeah. yeah, which is really that, that's dope. When you said that, I was like, oh, 30 for 30. It's right. a sports. Hi. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of like the ESPN thing, except for I'm highlighting an artist like every day and just kind of like remixing their stuff or or actually re- releasing uh, remixes that I've already done that are highlighting artists. Um, so, oh wow! Yeah, so I'm kind of dropping the links on those on Instagram and uh, on Facebook, so you can you can find those, which are pretty cool. But it's a it's a little bit of a side project for me, and um, uh. It's like really catered to more like DJs and open format DJs and, and obviously like music lovers. But um, a lot of that stuff is going to just probably make sense to like the, the open format DJs that just kind of need another take on on, you know, this classic Big Al song or or what have you, you know. Right. Um, so I do a lot of that stuff, um, a lot of remixing digitally. Um, another big part of uh, my production is I'm in. uh the Denver public school system, uh, anywhere from about two to five times a week. I teach with the organization called Youth on Record, um, 
which is an awesome organization and we go into a dozen different high schools and we basically go in there a couple hours a week and show them how to make beats and just kind of keep it real with, with the kids you that know? is so cool yeah yep so i'm at north high school and uh lincoln high school and and uh it's just a really crazy opportunity and i've come full circle with that because i had never completed high school so it's uh it's really the irony of like being a high school say that again those are really fulfilling like when you get to work at the high schools because you know the kids don't necessarily get those uh options to work with you know artists like yourself all right. the time you know right. and i mean it's it's just um you know it's always kind of like humbling because you never know if the kids are going to be like you know who's mm -hmm. this dude right um <laughs> but in my experience just being like authentic you know and um being yourself and showing you know mutual respect you go it goes a long way and oh, uh, I made some you know, such great relationships with these kids right and, and yeah and it's more of a learning experience for me i really feel like you know um i think a misconception that a lot of people that are you know i guess middle age hip hoppers have is that you know the music sucks and these kids only listen to you know this and that and they give really poor examples but um there's a there's a bunch of really cool kids in my classes that are like listening to Big Pun and you know their favorite rapper is like okay. you know Tupac or they like Bob Marley or you know Joey Badass or some of the new really good uh, hip hop you know people yeah. so mm -hmm. right um getting to hear their taste is pretty cool and it's kind of funny sometimes I'll like find a new rapper that's like popping and then I'll like you know we'll do like a lecture about them and like they haven't even heard of the person so it's like I go out of my way to kind of like stay relevant and they're like I don't even know who that is. <laughs> That's you know? so cool. I just love that. I think it's so. I would. I personally would love to connect more with the youth. I haven't. I mean, since I've been out here, I have not. So I mean, I did a lot of that in LA and New York, but um, mm -hmm. I really that was so fulfilling. I'm sure you get so much just so much back from that especially yeah. with even if one kid that you know is just super amped about it it's like just that alone just feels great yeah it's it could be pretty emotional you know and and kind of like what i was saying is um i never graduated high school i had a really tough time um it was a really bad time in my life uh when i was at that age and right. so um right. you know i got put in a bunch of different alternative schools and then eventually i basically dropped out um, so I feel like I have an unfair advantage when it comes to relating to the students. And, uh, it's just, um, it's just been like, uh, just an act of God that I'm in these, in this classroom, you know? Um, yeah, so it, it's, it could be, yeah, it definitely, you know, there's, there's some bad moments every now and then, but there's, uh, most, it's pretty much 99% just an incredible experience all around. Yeah. Um, and really got to shout out um, our organization, Youth on Record, which basically started with the Flowbots. I don't know if you guys are familiar with oh, them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. So they had an organization where they were kind of going into treatment centers and schools and kind of providing music, but it was never really mm -hmm. on this level that we're on now. Um, you know, we have our own studio, um, we have our own basically youth center. Um, we also employ like 20 partner artists that are all musicians that go in the classrooms. And, and the reason I really want to shout them, them out is because, you know, one of the things that I was really taught, you know, before taking this, taking on this, um, teaching role is to not, not filter our message, you know, not to, um, water down, you know, things for the sake of keeping our job, you know? Um, right. So I'm able to, you know, take it to a whole nother level and we can, you know, we can even have discussions questioning, you know, the education system if it goes there, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really beautiful thing. And it's the, the irony is just not really lost on me in any in, in any capacity, you know. Yeah, no, it's I mean, you're definitely just because one thing happened doesn't mean something incredible can happen on the other side. You know, it's like everybody's. Right very very different so i think it's just so great that you can make that full circle for yourself and that it you know you're you're giving and getting back right mm -hmm. it's just great 
Well, I hope that you never, I mean, I just have to say this. I hope that you never, I'm sure as an artist you do, but I hope you never doubt yourself because you are just, you're such an inspiration from the business side to the party side to being motivated to giving back. And I just can't say enough about even, I don't even know you in person, but from what you've done, I hope that just forever, ever doubt that. And you continue on because you're doing such, such great things. I appreciate that. I think, you know, it's a challenge always to, you know, I think they call it imposter syndrome. <laughs> and it's imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's something that I've kind of learned about where it's like, um, it's like no matter how much you've been in it, it's like people are going to expose you for like, you're not real because you do X, Y, and Z or something, right? And it's oh, like, right, right. It might be like your weakness or whatever. And um, so I think that that's, oh, yeah. th- that's something that we all got to kind of get over. And that's something that uh, mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of identify. Um, yeah. You know, I have a, I've have a little, a, a lot of different entries into hip hop. So, I mean, like, I basically got really into hip hop when I was eight and tried to, like, become a DJ when I was eight, oh, um, which is just crazy, you so know? That's so cute. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so, um, but then, you know, that kind of faded away. And then I started back again when I was 15. And then I did it for a year or two. And then that kind of faded away. And then I did it for a year. And then that faded away. And then I finally kind of like about 10 years ago, just um, told myself that I was going to really do this. Um, But then it's always like, you know, you can compare yourself to somebody that's been doing it for 20 years. Right. And you're like, well, I'm not I'm not there yet, you know. And uh, yeah, so I I guess it's just always overcoming, like, you know, obviously staying humble and and staying attached to your Mm -hmm. humility. But at the same time, taking a good inventory of where you're at. And that's a. that's something I'm always working on. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I know Martha Graham uh, has a really famous quote. I'm going to say it completely mm-hmm. wrong, but she it's something along the lines that every true artist has this underlying dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. which is why they continue to push forward. Mm-hmm. There's always, you know, it's always like, okay, I did that, but I got to push and push. And I think that underlying dissatisfaction, hands up. that's what you want to call it is what makes people so great. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of another quote that's like, um, if you're not embarrassed by the work you did like a few years ago, then you're not working hard enough or you're not really progressing. (laughs) Uh, That's a good one. Oh, I totally get that. God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, don't watch that video. Right. I know. That battle was terrible. But at the same time, you know, it's also good to to see it as a positive thing too. It's like, yeah, it's like definitely that I did it and moving on, you know? Right. I, I feel like that's probably, you know, I don't really have many regrets, but I wish that I would maybe have, you know, gone out there and kind of got my ass kicked a little earlier, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of yeah. put myself out there when I, you know, and just kind of publicly sucked, you know? <laughs> I think that there's some 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 merit to that as well, you know. Um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to basically, you know, have, you know, one night a year where I really suck because stuff, you know. Well, okay, just on that tip, we just saw Fergie have that moment, right? You know, I mean, she's <laughs> right. talking about tried it. Tried something new, and it was hor- yep. it was horrendous and embarrassing. And she even said, she goes, you know, I tried my best, tried something new. It didn't work. And, you know, you can't, no one hates us. She gave us some good laughs. Let's put it that way. Right, right. But, you know, we just, you got to do that sometimes. You got to do it. Yeah. And I don't think her career is over anytime soon. Oh, I know. But she definitely gave us some good laughs. Yeah. You got to appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) We love Fergs, but man. Whoa, that was that was tough to get through. That was tough. Yeah, that was just an interesting uh I guess a, just an interesting choice of uh cadence, I guess. I don't know. She was just I don't know. I, I don't know what was going on there. Trying something. I, I had... Someone was comparing <laughs> so to saying happy birthday to the president. Right, right. Yeah, Mary I see that. Yeah, she was trying to be jazzy and sexy. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, I mean I I read something that she was so I guess Marvin Gaye did a 
rendition that was. Oh yeah, his was the same concept, but it worked because because he's Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's Marvin Gaye, yeah. but and Fergie's was... Fergie. Don't get me wrong, but when Fergie tries to do Marvin, it just doesn't work. You know, right? You. Yeah, Marvin actually, and I, I read a lot about the um, the the one that Marvin Gaye did, and he was, you know, I don't know if you guys are really know a lot about his kind of background, but at that time he was really uh, dependent on on drugs and stuff like that, and he was in a really deep depression. So for him to even stand in front of an arena of people was was a big deal for him at the time. It, he had a really rough life, a really yeah. life. He did. And yep. just, just incredible. But and he's just, isn't his voice just, oh, it's just liquid awesomeness. Right. I don't really know. What I would love like. to see artists kind of take the risk that he took um, in the early seventies uh, by, you know, standing, you know, using his, his mm-hmm. voice for change, you know, I think that'd be incredible. Well, yeah. you know, I really think these new generations that are coming up, they're so tired of it. They're so tired of things growing up in this, really wonky world and i think that um i think there's gonna be some really really phenomenal artists there's a lot of like you were saying al that a lot of these younger kids are getting into the music that we grew up with and that we're into because they're just tired of not getting fed stuff that's nourishing right um and right. who knows i i maybe i'm wrong but i really am counting on these these really younger generations to kind of you know, demand and want more out of life. And, you know, this mediocrity is just not going to work for them. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe it's already happening and we might just be a little detached from it, you know? Oh, for yeah, sure. Right on that one. But, you know, cause I don't really, it's really hard. You know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, Kendrick Lamar being such a great lyricist and, and he is, um, but like coming from the standard, you know, being a, 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 a hip hop fan for 20, you know, 25 years plus it's um, it's good. It's good music and everything, but it, it just doesn't really feel like I don't know. I don't want to, you know, throw shade or anything like that. But, you know, maybe it's maybe it's just time for me to just say, like, I don't really get everything. And that's OK. You know, I, I totally agree. I actually Kendrick. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got their voice. Yeah. And everyone's experimenting and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I was like, I don't know if you know about uh, most speaking of Marvin Gaye, most death dropped like a few years ago, like a double CD where he like paid tribute to all of Marvin Gaye's music. Yeah. Which was, um, I don't know. I loved it because I yeah. was just, like a nice fusion between what Marvin was doing. And then of course what um, Yasin was is do it i gotta get it right because no longer most deaf are you talking about the yasin uh gay album yasin gay yeah 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 exactly and it was like a double yeah so i have some insight on that so it was um it was actually a friend of mine a a remix producer named amerigo gazaway okay and so he remixed that project and it was basically like an illegal project. It was, it wasn't really, yeah, it wasn't really supposed to, to come out like that. Um, but it was done so good that um, right, right. it basically got the notoriety and everybody really loved it, you know? Wow. And so it, it came down to um, one of the it's really like cool. ITunes. It's just on like uh, right. Spotify and stuff. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's a good he's a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, um, basically one of the things that he told me about that project was at the time Marvin Gaye's estate was suing, I think, Robin Thicke and Pharrell for the um, appropriation of uh, a certain song. Um, You guys, uh, Blurred Lines, Blurred Lines just got sued. Um, But the irony of that was... um, the the Marvin Gaye estate loved what uh, my friend Amerigo had done with those uh, with that audio so much that they allowed the use of it for a uh, iPhone six commercial I believe it was oh that's great and so you know just kind of talking business with my friend and you know he was like basically you know at the same time that Pharrell and Robin Thicke are getting slammed you know my friend's getting a check from Apple for this thing you know. Um, 
So it was some pretty cool irony. And uh, yeah, that album is incredible. Um, it's it's just a beautiful thing. And, and he actually has a new album out where he um, he kind of mashes uh, Stevie Wonder in common. Ooh. So that's, that's something to look for. Oh, no, I've heard it. Yo, you heard it? I have, yeah. That's I have. Awesome. I will Tell your friend I think he's dope. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. yeah, he's incredible. You know, I've had him at a few different parties before. Um, you know, he's he's come out here and play and wow. stayed the week out here. And we've kind of we can never make any good music together, though. That's kind of the iron ironic thing. Yeah. Um, well, we like start making. We'll just start making songs, and then like they'll come out, and we'll just like an hour later we'll have like a a return of the Mac remix and we're like both looking at each other like we're never gonna we're like we're never gonna put this out bro right so funny I do I I need to hear the return of the Mac remix god it's pretty good that's so good I gotta gotta do it because that's our little thing yeah what is it it's a it's our inside joke. Oh, okay. Kids come up to him. He told me this story. He's like, yeah, uh, so tell me what hip-hop's like. And then he did, like, this weird pose. So every time I see him, we're always like, hey, what's hip-hop? And we're standing there doing different weird poses for, like, five minutes. Oh, my God, that's so yeah. Going, what is going on? I think it's a social commentary of uh, how how people kind of wear hip-hop as a costume in, at times, right? Like, yeah, you got, yeah. got the swagger. They gotta like talk a certain way, be and all you know. They just—it's like I am. I am actually trying to on that tip. I'm trying to get Ko to wear large shirts instead of extra large shirts. I've been oh wow working, working with him on that. Nice. And, uh, how's that coming, Ko? I, I wear I wear my shirts on backwards I, I, now. I, 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 wait, tighten it up. Yeah, no, I, I'm tightening it up. I, you know. <laughs> if you want to be hip hop, you really um, have to wear your pants backwards. No. Oh, yeah, no, crisscross all the way. Um, crisscross, which is I, I dress like this. Day. Anyway, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna tight. I'm gonna get some tight jeans and and a yeah. mock sweater. Not too, not too tight. There yeah, you go. not too tight. But uh, um, really quick, Al, have you ever made any? insane prints um you know mashups mm. well that's a that's a good question um the thing about prince's music is it's really protected i know it is so a lot of his material like that you would use is like source material acapellas and, and stuff like that they're just in the vault you can't find them yeah um so i've actually I've reworked a couple print songs, but it was really basic. Um, if you listen to Erotic City, uh-huh. um, there's something that's going on with the snare. This is really like nerdy engineer talk. Uh-huh. But basically the oh, snare the snare clips and it's it's basically kind of inconsistent throughout the track. Right. So I've actually gone in there and like cleaned up one of his drum tracks, which is kind of weird. No way. Prince would be yeah. like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, you're, you're talking to two huge Prince Yeah, fans, we're, so. we're like, I mean, it's, it's, there's no, there's no love for too. Prince. I mean, he's basically the loves of our life. Did you feel uh, Justin Timberlake disrespected Prince? No, not at all. I felt, I was actually, you know, he's, they were in Minneapolis. I thought it was kind of, a, I didn't, you know, it was no, no big deal, but I thought it was kind of a nice little, uh, you know. I, had, I, on the other hand, had to wrap my head around it, but in the end, I was happy with it. I mean, yeah. it, you know, of course, I see him up there and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, about to sob because I'm so massively in love with him. I've been in love with Prince since I was 10. And I still wow. think we were supposed to be together. Wow. And I was a member of the MPG Music Club for like 10 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so wow. I got, we used to get like, like B-sides of unreleased music from the from the website like once a month ko you should actually you know hook hook al up until you got some really good tracks yeah nice Never. yeah i'm just um really diving into the to prince's catalog because there's just so much stuff isn't he I insane think, yeah i know definitely um it, what one of the things that i like to do when it comes to remixing is i like to find out 
like what equipment they were using and then like go and buy that equipment. So one of the things that's on my list right now is the Lindrum, uh-huh. which is uh, which was what he was using, um, you know, on a lot of his songs, like on, you know, uh, Kiss and, and Erotic Isn't City that and kind stuff of like that. Um, his like famous kind of, I don't even know how to <laughs> describe it, but he always has that certain kind of drum sound. In, right. Is, is it that? Yeah. yeah, it's that it's that specific sound. It's kind of a it's kind of more of a flat sound, you know, but it's definitely that eighties kind of yeah, flat and fat snare and, and there it's there's a lot of room in between and, and he actually did a, a certain technique. Um a lot of people thought it was a live drummer because he would basically play his, his drum machine live. Uh-huh. Which which is what a lot of people opt out of, um, and they kind of they keep everything quantized and basically you know uh, they keep the pattern really tight. Um, but he would opt out of it, so it was kind of confusing to a lot of people, and a lot of people kind of felt like you know he had a you know there was live drummers on a, a lot of the songs that he actually programmed with the drum machine. Yeah. So I mean, it's, especially it's in cool. earlier music, I think he kind of did a little of it. He even did his background, like his background. How about this? Does it sound like this? Yeah, that's it. I know. That, that's my prince. Yeah. Sorry, I had to do it. I know. All good. All good. Oh my God. Of course, now we're going to... See, we could talk... See, this is just... Yeah, this could go on for four hours if we get into the prince thing. So I don't want to take away <laughs> But um, I actually, I have to get going because I have to put the is, the infamous is my daughter who's going to take over the universe. I got to get her down to bed. Awesome. So awesome. Um, I'm just so thankful I and I hope that we can do this again because I'd love to hear more from you. And, you know, anytime you want to come on, let us know. We can just dial you in. It's super easy. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys. uh having me on this is a like i said i think the the work that you guys are doing is really important um likewise likewise definitely and i've always been a big fan i think we had a conversation a while back and i think i like heard you spit and i was like wait a minute i gotta because larry does that all the time but i i get shy sometimes but like you made me hype so and since then we've been friends bro but um yeah, we'll have to get together. We'll uh, exchange ideas. Yeah, Sometimes. definitely. And just just repeat your um, your website a couple times for the listeners. Sure, it's a uh, futureclassicmusic.com. Perfect. Yeah. Definitely check out the website. I I mean everything's on there to get a hold of you and see where you're at and everything. So there's really it's it's just really well done. So everybody check it out. Thank you so much again for coming on to Rocky Mountain Cypher Life. One and only. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. It was such a pleasure. Okay, well, y'all have a great night. I appreciate it. Um, We'll catch up with y'all soon. All right. All right. Take it easy, bro. All right, peace. Peace. All right, peace.